Podcast. You just want to keep, you just want more, you know, you, and then, you know, it's like building a muscle. Happiness is like building a muscle, you know, and there's all sorts of little muscles underneath of that and everything. But from a, from the whole, every time you experience more happiness and then you go through some bad things, you get through it, you're building that muscle. It's that resilience, you know, and you just want more because you know how good it feels and you want to get back there at any cost. What do I have to do? I want to get back to that place. Welcome to the Cosmic Love Antenna Podcast. This podcast is meant to encourage you to connect within so you can share your light with the world. And now, here's your host, Harrison Ma. Harrison Ma. Harrison Ma. Welcome, beautiful beings, to another episode of the Cosmic Love Antenna. This is your bi-weekly now installment of your inner connection to your outer expression where I, your host, Harrison, here with the beautiful guest who I'll get the pleasure of introducing, introducing here in a second, really set the intention of pulling back the layers, restricting health, alignment, and love. If you've landed on this episode today and you are a regular guest and, and tuner in or listener in whatever you want to call it, <laughs> thank you for coming back. If you're new to my voice and new to the powerful being that I'm going to be introducing, welcome. Remember that one of the ways you can spread this show's light, spread this show's love out there in the podcast world is by leaving your reviews either on Apple or Spotify. Share this episode out to the people you love most if you get a bit of value. And remember that if you're looking for some free self-love tools and 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 elements to take your journey a bit deeper other than this podcast, you'll see in the show notes, you can head over to my website, website harrisonmar.com forward slash learn more to download some beautiful tools to get this journey a little bit deeper. With that, with that foundation, I now want to introduce the powerful being I had the pleasure of having a chat with today. Sandy Scarlata is a happiness coach. She is America's happiness coach. If you want to get really specific and, and, and insightful about it, she is a life coach, much, much like myself. And she's also a powerful podcast host. So you'll see, you'll hear her crispy audio voice here in a second. What we're going to get into today is all things happiness. I want to break this down and we decode it with this beautiful being. We're going to talk about happiness in relation to PTSD and trauma, happiness, the myths around it. We're also going to bring in, as we always do here on the podcast, elements of spirituality and consciousness in relationship to happiness. But with all of that, Sandy, welcome to the Cosmic Love Antenna. Thank you, Harrison. What a beautiful way to start your podcast. Ah, you're welcome. I love it. I, I, love ha- it. I, I I'm getting in the habit of asking my fellow podcasters this question: how How does that feel? How is it? Any feedback for me, my friend, on that on that introduction? Ah. Well, first of all, your voice is absolutely delicious. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> and your accent. Thank you. And as an American, I love Australian accents or British <laughs> accents. It's just like love it. Um. For those of you who are just listening, um, Harrison and I are can see each other over Zoom. And what I love was just watching you because your eyes are closed. Mm-hmm. And he's just talking with his eyes closed and he's got these beautiful hand movements. And um, it was just so soothing. <laughs> like you totally put me in like, ah. <sighs> You know, I've had a busy day. It's, you know, 4.30 my time and you're in Australia. So <laughs> we're on the other sides of the earth and thank goodness for all this tech technology. Um, but, you know, it's like you have your busy day and, and now my, my day is winding down and just hearing your voice and what you were saying was just like, oh, just well, so relaxing. So thank you for that. Sandy, I received the love and... What I'll say to that, and I think regular listeners of the show are probably going to know what I'm about to add here, but for you, what I am, unco- what I've been unconsciously doing with that for a long time, and now I'm consciously stepping into it, is creating the space. And I'm not, sh- I'm not, we haven't talked about this, Andy, and we will talk about it today. I'm not sure how deep in your spiritual journey you are. But for me, I'm at the stage now where I've started stepping into some of my gifts. And I realize one of my gifts is the ability to channel the frequency of 
love in many ways. And what you saw me do is an aspect of that. So your, your, your intuition is already on fire. And I receive your love because I could definitely feel it. (laughs) Mission tick. We're in it. All right. Sandy, what I want to do where I start these chats usually is I've had the pleasure of having a chat with you before and, and I know your, your frequency already, but for people that are new to your voice, new to your, your love that you're about to share, I like setting a foundation of your history and we don't need to spend too much time with it. Cause I think the most important moment is this moment, but what I like to hit on is a pain teacher and a pain teacher, as I'm sure you're aware of, these are things that have shaped us. And usually there's one or two moments that, that really define the work that we're doing now. So I'm wondering, Sandy, what comes up for you when I ask that question? Well, there's two things that come up. The first one is I was born into kind of a very toxic, abusive family in that my biological father would come home drunk and beat my mom and my siblings. And so I witnessed this from the time I was in the womb. You know, now science has proven that when you're in the womb, you're getting these downloads from your mother, right? And um, my biological father tragically died when I was 18 months old. So that's the one thing. Fortunately for us, my mother was 26 years old and a widow with four children. She met my stepfather who raised me since the age of three. So that was the, 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 the silver lining in all of that, you know. However, when I was 12 years old, my brother tragically died while serving in the U.S. Army. And so those two things have just shaped me and my journey. And it took, it took a while, probably a good, you know, into my probably my early 30s to really see how those things happened for me yes and not to me you read my mind sandy you read my mind you're already you're already in my head sandy that's (laughs) so thank you for sharing those things and uh, i can tell and we're going to get into this around this idea of happiness I, i don't know about you but i know this is a a challenge that i see within myself and i see this within people that come to see me it's that first sort of victim mindset that we need to shift out of around these justifiably so painful experiences. They are painful. We're not both myself and it sounds like you, Sandy, we're not disowning that they are painful, but I think what we need to shift is what you just beautifully highlighted is I believe, and maybe I want to get your perspective on this. Not only do we live in a universe where everything is happening for us, but it's happening for a bigger, larger reason. And when we shift out of that mindset, we're able to start seeing that. Does that resonate, Sandy? Oh, it it totally does. And and the first thing that popped up is that when each individual reaches that level of consciousness, if you will, to get to that place where they realize that things are happening for them and not to them, the more people that we can get on this earth to be in that mindset, it's going to change the whole consciousness of the planet. Yeah. <laughs> you look at, you look at world events at the moment. I don't need to tell you, I don't need to tell people listening that there's a lot of, there are a lot of, uh, <laughs> I don't say this nicely, a lot of situations that need that shift, right? Imagine certain, how certain world leaders would make decisions if they were coming from that space that Sandy was just outlining. And yeah, it it shows a lot of things, but I think the main thing it shows is that we aren't separated, right? We are a part of a collective, right? And if Sandy as the individual or Harrison as the individual shifts that mindset to become a more empowering one, that doesn't just impact us, right? It impacts the people that we're connected to. Well, and we're proving it right here and now, you were on the other side of the world from me and I could feel your love and I can feel your energy just by us talking to one another. So, you know, I always have to tell people because when I coach and do some of my group classes and whatnot, I always start with the map of consciousness Mm. 
um, and how we're energy fields. And, and I always sit, throw in there, you know, they're studying this at some of the top universities, not only in the United States, but worldwide, Harvard, Stanford, yeah. you know, all of them, Yale, they're, they're studying this. It's real. Yeah. And hold that thought, Sandy, we'll come back to the map of consciousness. Cause I definitely want to, mm-hmm. I definitely want to hit on that. Cause I think that work, you know, we could do an episode just on that alone, but exactly. let's, <laughs> yeah, let's pause it there. I want to take a step back. I think, Let's start here in regards to happiness. Let's begin with some myths, right? Because I think breaking down some happiness myths and then building back up from a more, you know, powerful foundation, I think is a good way to begin. So what comes up, Sandy, when people ask you the question, what are some myths or what do people have wrong around happiness? What does that, what arises in you? Well, first of all, many people think that happiness is a destination, Happiness is a journey. People think it's it's a destination, meaning I'll be happy when I get that perfect job. I'll be happy when I have more money. I'll be happy when I have the perfect partner. You know, I'll be happy when fill in the blank. And that's one of the biggest myths that, that people are striving for this thing. It's a it's not a destination. You know, it's the journey. It's it's the journey of life. That's the biggest myth, I think, that so many people are stuck in that. Another myth is that people tend to suppress a lot. Oh, well, you know, I feel like I'm enlightened or I feel like I'm above this. I shouldn't be feeling this way. And they shame themselves and they shove it down inside. And they, let me just focus on everything I have to be grateful for and snap myself out of it. And mm. while that works, I'm not making anybody wrong for doing that. But back up and let's feel those emotions. They go hand in hand. The happiest science has proven the happiest people are those that experience the full range of emotions. Yeah. Already so much. Yeah, I love it. There's (laughs) there's already so much in there, Sandy. Let's. uh, So let me hit on the the journey piece. And I was just having a conversation with someone yesterday about this. And they were explaining to me, I feel, I feel bored right now. I feel, I feel like I've done all the things and I've, I've got to the highs, got to the lows. And right now in this moment, I feel bored. And I was connecting to this, to the idea of happiness. Cause I knew we were, we were about to have this chat and I was thinking into it. I was like, Hmm, is this a good place to be? Right. Does, is, is being bored in a space of boredom and sort of looking ahead, does this lead are you truly happy in that moment? And I even think that, you know, boredom or a disconnection from self in that state, we could also equate it to that looking ahead to, okay, there's all the things that I'm doing. There's I'm not enough or this isn't enough. And now I feel I need to reach for something. And I feel if we're in that state of reaching, that is also a state of looking for more, right. And not remembering that there is something inside of us, that is already complete, already whole, already in its entirety. So if we're, if we're looking for something, that is a state of reaching. Does that resonate at all, my friend? Does anything come up around that? Well, yeah, for sure. Because whenever you're yearning for, you know, I think it's the mindset that goes around it. Because there's one thing to yearn for. It's one thing to yearn for something. And, you know, we have goals and, and that's great. But I think that if it's not serving you, if it's something that's not going to be serving you, that's where you have to kind of take a look at it and see, you know. I think self-awareness, I'm not sure if you're a, are you a a fan of Mr. Gabor Mate, my friend, Sandy, have you read any of his books or? No, I have not. I would highly recommend you read the book, uh, uh, When the Body Says No. I'd add when it to the your, body says no. Yes, it's a powerful resource. And I, you could skip that book and actually listen to an episode I did on it, but you could do both. But the, the thing I want to share here is he talks about the seven A's of healing at the end. And these are, these are healings that we can apply to all aspects, mental, emotional, physical, spiritual. And the first two, I think, are the most significant. The first one is acceptance, right? We need to accept where we are in this moment, not our future, but we need to accept so we can change. And then the second is awareness, right? We need to bring awareness to what isn't, not just what we want, but what isn't working, 
right? So if we're not happy, if we are bored, if we are in a state that is not aligned to our goals, then change it, right? Make, make a shift. Is that, does that resonate, Sandy? Does that For sure, because it's funny because I, you know, I've been on this self-improvement journey, self-awareness. I've been obsessed with it for over 30 years, okay? And it just, I never really so, thought about Sandy, it. Sandy, you want to know something funny? Just, just to yeah. add in there. It is my 30th birthday uh, in two weeks, just so you know. Keep going. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> Welcome to the, the beginnings of middle age. <laughs> so I, I have a mentor and it was so funny because, you know, pre-COVID, I, I was, you know, I, a mentor needed to be somebody older than me or wiser or whatever. And this particular mentor is just turned 37, but he's so wise in this and that. I had him on my podcast and I go, how did you get into self-improvement at such a young age? You know, he was like working on Wall Street. He goes, because I realized that who I am today, I don't need to be that person tomorrow or the next day. And I was like, gosh, it took me a long time to figure I was definitely not in my early 20s. In my early 20s, I was busy partying and, you know, all that. <laughs> but yeah, but that's the thing. Yeah, you know? it's a big one, my friend. I... I want to take a step back to something you said, one of the other points, the myths, and this is a big one. And I'm happy you started with this, this idea of the, the toxic happiness or the, I would equate it to spiritual bypassing in my community. I would connect it to spiritual bypassing. And it's this idea that you alluded to of happiness means being in this state of happiness all the time and ignoring the other things that are moving through us. And my example that I give is spiritual bypassing, very similar, is, in, is I would define it as getting to those samadhi states, going into meditation, getting into the, the known mind, getting into the dropping into the heart space, all these beautiful things. But in that moment, ignoring maybe some of the wounds that want to be felt, maybe some of the childhood trauma that wants to be felt, maybe some of the, you know, the mental abuse or the, or the parental abuse. My question here for you, Sandy, why do you think this is a thing? Whether it's toxic happiness, whether it's the spiritual bypassing, how did this become a component of the happiness conversation? Well, I think that when we reach a, a point, and, and, and I have to be honest, I kind of felt this way up until probably the past year, was that I, I, I don't think I really realized that it's okay. Like I can be happy and also be angry because for so long I would make myself wrong. No, you've worked through all this stuff. I, I shouldn't be feeling this way. You're above this. I mean, not in a cocky way, but you know what I mean? Like what's going on in my mind? Like, no, you know, no, let's just deep breaths. You just ignore it and blah, blah, blah. However, what I've learned, especially for me with all the, the tragedy and everything from my childhood, what I learned is that if we don't deal with that and at least rewrite the story of how, we, how it shows up for us today, things are, going to, things are going to show up in your life and you're going to react in a certain way yeah. because of that, that memory. Yep. And until we rewrite that or, or look at it in a different way and clear it from our consciousness, it's going to keep coming up. Yep. It's not, you know, and my mind is blown because I am 56 years old and I've been on this, walking this path for 30 years and I'm, I'm obsessed with self-improvement and I'm always, and it's interesting because I'm now working with, um, a practitioner and we're working on that exact thing. And I tell you what, being a, knowing that I've rewritten some of these stories, mm. I wake up every day and there's a huge weight off of my mm. shoulders and I see things with neutrality. Yeah. Things will happen. Whereas I may have reacted in a one way two months ago that today I look at it and it's just neutral. It's neutral. There's no, it's, Oh, it just, the there's no reaction. Not, yeah, no trigger. Yeah. So, Sandy, uh, 
few things here. I am happy that you've got to this point. And this is just for people listening. This is not a Sandy thing, right? It's not a Harrison thing. This is something we're all capable of doing, right? And I think that's the powerful point of this. And it shows that the world isn't changing, but we change. We change, right? We can have that same, that one parent or that one partner that we've spent years and years and years reacting towards having these things come up. And that one day that we make that release and feel the thing that needs to be felt, we'll come back into that same dynamic, that same relationship, and the whole thing has been flipped over its head. The partner might be the same, but that internal terrain has shifted. Sandy, I, I want to test a hypothesis with you. And, okay. and this is a theory that I have. This is definitely not written down anywhere. This is just, this is a pure Harrison-ness that I want to get your expertise on. Okay. And <laughs> it's connected to this idea of these, of happiness being all the expressions of what we are, or all the feelings, all the emotions. And I've shared this on the podcast before. So listeners, you know, bear with me if you've heard this before, but I think expressing it with a new powerful heart is always very interesting. So I, I tend to work holistically. So I'm trying to grab all the things and put them together all the time, right? From a mental perspective and emotional, and most of all on this show from a spiritual foundation. We know that through traditional Chinese medicine, that certain emotions are connected to certain organs, right? So I think the one that people, most people understand is the liver, liver and anger, right? We know Mm -hmm. that liver has a big relationship with anger. We could say that anger is created in the liver maybe but we do know that from those spaces then emotions communicate outwards right based on what you were saying then we can decide to listen to that communication to then be happy right my hypothesis is what is behind that what put that emotion in the liver right where how did the emotion get there is it was it created by the liver itself or is there something else going on my theory is and maybe you've heard this i truly believe that we are a spiritual being having a human experience <laughs> and part of what that spiritual being is is a very energetic and emotional being right it's not just physical it's made of energy we are energy this is my theory and i want to see how this resonates for you i actually believe when we are being emotional when we are being sensitive, when we have these feelings moving through us and we acknowledge them, not only do we heal and uh, and does it allow us to express ourselves, it's actually us tapping into that spiritual nature. It's us tapping into that spiritual being that is communicating through the physical body. So not only does it heal, we're actually being more of what we are. What do you, how does this feel for you, my friend? I'm trying to, I want to make sure that I understand exactly what what did you get what did you get from that so are you saying that by overcoming these challenges or dealing with these emotions Mm -hmm. by doing so Mm -hmm. it's your it's your soul your spiritual being right because i do believe we are spiritual beings having a human experience and by tapping into that it offers physical healing yeah, so not just physical healing, but also a, a deeper expression of that spiritual nature. Right. Well, I, I'm not going to say this as eloquently as you just did. So my whole thing is that, have you ever heard of The Course in Miracles? I have. Yeah. So I studied that for a very long time. And it made a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Um, and... I've always believed because it made sense and, and, and I'm the type of person, let me just preface this, that no matter what religion you practice, no matter what you're, uh, you identify with, for me, all that matters is that you have something in your heart that makes sense to you, right? Because at the end of the day, we really don't know, right? There's no proof of anything. We don't know. So it's just important that it makes sense to you. So this is what makes sense to me from the years that I studied this, the Course of Miracles is that, you know, started out separation, you know, we wanted to be separate from God. We wanted to know what it was like to experience being a human. 
So everything that's being thrown at us as we work through it, we we get a little bit closer. And that is our purpose is to become one again with creator, God, whatever you want to call it, the universe to get back to that. So all of these things are happening for you because you're elevating your spirituality. I mean, so that's what makes sense to me. And my joke is that I've earned my wings and I'm done with this. <laughs> I love it. But this could be my, you know, who knows how many times I'll, I'll be coming back, but I like to think like that, that makes sense to me. And I, it helps me get through everything that's going on out there that like, you know, I'm done after this. I'm getting my wings. Yeah. <laughs> Probably not. I'm sure I've got a lot more stuff to be thrown in my life, but you know, it's all for the greater good. And, and, and you just, um, we can reach heaven on earth. We can experience that by just dealing with all of this and, and living in the moment and getting uncomfortable or getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yes. With the feels, with all the yes. feels. So yeah. uh, thank you, Sandy, for leaning into that. And I, I'm happy that that was evoked in you from what I said. And I could not agree more with what you just outlined. What you just outlined is, in my opinion, the actual ascension process, right? The, the things that we move through to get back to the oneness, right? We are all, I have different words, but it's the same thing. We are soul expressions of a group of things that eventually stacks back to a one thing. And those soul expressions are moving through certain experiences to come back. I, I like to explain it as a, it's God breathing, breathing out and then breathing in, right? So God or oneness source breathes out and makes all the beautiful, unique expressions and then breathes back in with all of the experiences that those expressions have been through. Mm. And that, and those experiences, which is what we're talking about now in relation to happiness is moving through all of the things, right? Is right. not suppressing or repressing mm -mm. anything. Mm -mm. Not at all. Not at all. You know, you have to feel everything that you're experiencing throughout your day. You have to feel it and acknowledge it. Put your arm around it. Fear. Oh yeah. There's fear again. Let me just put my arm around you. Cause you're, yeah. you're going to be here. Yeah. <laughs> and you Going can come along with me. <laughs> so. Sandy, I didn't expect to go so deep so quickly with you, but you know, it doesn't, it doesn't surprise me, my friend, based off your energy. I want to come back up just a little bit, just a little bit. We'll go back down. Don't worry. I want to talk about another element here, and this actually connects to the aspects, the fear, the pain, and it's this relationship of happiness and PTSD and, and, and trauma. So let's, let's pull on this thread. What, in the work that you do around happiness, what do you think is the link here between happiness itself and let's maybe let's just start with PTSD? Well, as uh, I was out to dinner, gosh, 15 years ago, there's this little girl sitting next to me and she says, I don't even know what we were talking about. She looks at me and she just wise beyond her years. She looks at me and she goes, you know, you have to get through the bad stuff to get to the good stuff. And I think that anybody who's experienced, not anybody, let's just say a lot of people, because not there's there's definitely many people that will wallow spectrum. in. Yeah, there, there, there is there's a full spectrum of you know who's gonna go through the pain. But when you go through the pain and you do the work and you wanna, you know, get back to that place of happiness and peace that you felt at one point. You know, when you experience that, you just want to keep, you just want more, you know, you, and then, you know, it's like building a muscle. Happiness is like building a muscle, you know, and there's all sorts of little muscles underneath of that and everything. But from a, from the whole, every time you experience more happiness and then you go through some bad things, you get through it, you're building that muscle. It's that resilience, you know? And you just want more because you know how good it feels and you want to get back there at any cost. What do I have to do? I want to get back to that place. So yeah, there's definitely a correlation. So if someone's listening, my friend, and 
maybe they've been through some experiences. Maybe they have PTSD and, you know, I always put the disclaimer, this is definitely not medical advice. This is just me and Sandy talking and sharing our views and perspectives. But if I am a listener and I have had this experience, what are some steps I can take? Right. In, in, in making, in transmuting, as we've already discussed today, this beautiful pain teacher into something that flexes that happiness muscle. Where do we begin, in your opinion? I believe at the end of the day, choosing happiness is all about shifting your, pers- your perspective and your perceptions of things. Okay. And we could talk for hours about that topic right there. So, I think PTSD is no different. Now, I'm not a doctor at all. Um, I went through probably 15 years of therapy myself. Okay. Um, So that's, if you have PTSD and you've never had therapy, you got it. You got to talk to a professional first, first and foremost. Okay. Once you have a grip on what's really happening, because you have to understand that psychology is dealing with your brain and they're going to be able to help you understand how your brain is functioning. What Harris and I do as, as a coach is we, we get you to the next level after that. So I would say focusing, because this is what I had to do. So this is just my personal experience. So I was in the therapy while I was in therapy. I was also training to be a life coach and, you know, kind of both were going on simultaneously, it really comes down to learning how to shift your perspective. And you don't want to like start with the big things, you know, start with little stuff, little things. And when it comes to shifting your perspective and once you start seeing how, oh, there's another way to look at this, you know, that person that just cut me off in traffic. This is my favorite example. That person that just cut me off in traffic. What do most 99% of the people will be like, right? You get upset. I, I certainly do because it's scary, right? You're you're afraid. There's fear there. And, you know, and it's taken me many, many years. I'm totally transparent here. I used to be that person 20 years ago that would hop out of the car and walk up to the person and be like, what are you doing? Come on. <laughs> I'm imagining it. I'm trying to imagine it in my head. <laughs> so instead of just getting angry at the person, you know, feel the, feel those emotions, take some deep breaths, calm yourself down. And then you want to make up a new story about it. And this is the easiest way to shift your perspective. So do you know that they deliberately try to hit you? Of course not. Most people will not deliberately. There's some jerks out there that may, you know, do crazy things, but you can make up a new story around it. So instead of saying, you know, they deliberately hit me and then you're miserable the rest of the day, because that stuff can carry with you all day long, that fiery emotion. Instead, well, maybe they just got a phone call and their child was in an accident and they're racing to get to the hospital. You know, maybe they don't feel good and they need to get to the restroom, you know, or most likely they just didn't see you and it's okay. So, you know, start with little things like that, you know, and then you can work towards the big stuff in your life that you really need to change that story, that dialogue around what happened. It's funny that you frame this as a little thing, Sandy. I actually think I'm going to give you props here. And I think this is a gigantic thing. And I'm going to, I think people have probably heard me speak about this on the, on the show before the, what Sandy is saying here is something that I've also acknowledged and seen both in my journey and people I get to work with when it comes to trauma, PTSD, it's often not the actual event that is causing the resistance, causing the triggers, causing the tension. It is the story we've told ourselves around the event. Another example that adds onto Sandy's beautiful one is, you know, I do a lot of work with the inner child. And when you look at uh, inner child work and child abuse and, and child trauma, the example that I give is, if you're if you were abandoned as a child, right? If if you were left somewhere, if you were rejected, ask yourself: Was it the actual parent making that choice and and leaving you in that space, or was it then the stories that you created of "I'm not lovable, I don't deserve to have a family, I deserve to be alone"? All these things that then continued after that. That's right. And this and this goes back to the emotional piece too, Sandy, and maybe. I'd love to get your thoughts on this. 
those stories are also holding a lot of the emotions that we need to feel, right? So I'm wondering if you've noticed this, Sandy, in the work that you do. Once we shift those stories, I've noticed it unlocks a deeper expression of emotion that needs to be felt, right? So for example, when I shift from being uh, unworthy, I deserve to be alone to I'm boundlessly worthy, I, I deserve all the abundance, all the things in the world, then that unlocks maybe some repressed sadness that unlocks maybe some repressed guilt, maybe some repressed shame that just wants to flow. What's your thoughts on that? So, yeah, I definitely think that it it can for sure. I mean, every single person is going to be different and what's going to come up can be different. I noticed for me when I'm, when I'm really diving in and like I've been doing recently, um, there's been little things that come up, but, but what I've noticed is like, some of the things come up that were, that surprised me that I didn't even realize were there still. And you're like, Oh, where'd that come from? Like, hmm, okay. <laughs> it's the onion, the healing onion layer. Right. You pull a layer back and oop, there's something there. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I think this now Sandy leads us into what I wanted to hit on. You brought it up at the start. And now I think this is a beautiful space to, dive a bit deeper into it. And it's the the map of consciousness by David Hawkins and highly recommend people start with uh, power versus force. That's where he first talks about the map. That's uh, a book. Uh, I'm, a, I'm actually more of a fan of his, I think it was the next one after that. I don't know where in the order it was, but the power of letting go. I think, I think letting go is a powerful, another resource by him, but let's maybe explain this first. What is, what is the map of consciousness in your experience, your opinion, Sandy, and then we'll, um, we'll break this down and how this connects to happiness. Yeah. So what he did, and I actually, when you were talking before, I real quickly, I have some monitors up here, which are actually my lights. <laughs> um, so I went ahead and I was like, Oh, let me pull it out because it's easier to, to talk about it. Cause I am not an expert in this topic at all. So I'm going to give you a very high level version, which is probably not a bad idea. So basically what David Hawkins did was he took all of the emotions that we experience and he's got them in this whole chart and they they break down into God view, life view, level, scale, emotion process at the top. So they have those columns and then there's all these different, you can Google it, map of consciousness. So basically the bottom half is, is all of the lower level emotions you've got, like at the very bottom, you've got despising, miserable, shame, humiliation, elimination, you know, and then it goes up from the shame condom. And I I like, these are the levels that I think people mostly can relate to shame, guilt, apathy, grief, fear, desire, anger. So, and then what he did was he assigned a number Mm -hmm. to each one starting at 20 and it goes all the way up to enlightenment, which is like 700 to a thousand. And that's basically just to kind of rate where that word falls and at 20 to a thousand is your, your, um, your energy level, yeah. your consciousness, frequency. your frequency. Yeah. Like, um, frequency wasn't popping in there. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Frequency. Thank you. Got you. Um, but what I love about this and why I think it's important and why I do a very brief overview when I'm doing, working with any of my clients in the groups is that, you don't need to dive into this and learn all about it. And it's that yeah. just be aware of it because that is how you show up in the world. Yeah. And I always like to use the example of when somebody walks in the room and they're really angry, you can see it on their face. Yeah. You can always tell when somebody's angry, yeah. but the thing is, is what most people don't realize is that you're feeling that anger. Okay. Same is true if somebody walks in and they're they're so happy and they're, you know, it's contagious and you want to be around that person and you see that they're happy. But the thing is, is you're feeling that energy, just as I was feeling Harrison's love when he was starting the podcast. It, I can feel it. So that's why when you're having these thoughts of shame, guilt, all of those things, you want to, you know, feel it, acknowledge it, it's there and then make that shift to us, because what you're doing is then you're raising your own consciousness, your own frequency um, to that higher level. And that's where you want to, that's how you want to show up in the world. You know, you're going to experience all of this because it's in our DNA 
to feel shame, to feel guilt. It's a fight or flight. It's in our DNA. It's always, it's not going to stop folks. Trust me. I was very ignorant to this because of the work that I've done. And I finally surrendered and accepted like, you know what, this is just going to keep on happening. <laughs> I got to keep doing the work. Um, and I also want to note that this enlightenment level, which is 700 to a thousand, there's only been very few people as there that they know of that has, have probably operated in that state of being. And that's like mother Teresa, Gandhi, um, Jesus, you know, any other huge spiritual um, person that master master. ascended masters. There's not a lot, you know, this is a work in progress. It's just, you know, where we try to try to get to that point. Um, Cause I'm telling you, when you get there, it feels so good. It's just worth, it's worth all the effort and the pain that you experience. It's worth to get to, it's worth it to get to the other side for sure. You did beautifully, Sandy. That was a, that was a (laughs) masterful breakdown, my friend. And uh, so what I'll add to this is how I see this. And I'm happy that you distinguished between, so there is an obvious hierarchy here between the numbers, but I want people, and you said this, don't see that hierarchy is as good versus bad. I would see this hierarchy as more of a priority. So meaning that let's use the guilt and the shame because they're the, they're the lowest. And I would use the word heaviness. Yes. When that is moving through you, that is more of a priority to feel it, to express it, to let it flow up and out. Because yes. if you're holding on to that guilt and shame, and I'm going to, again, reference here both the inner child and both I do a lot of work with the chakra system. These don't just have an emotional state of being. They have, we are holistic beings. So if you are repressing a, a feeling, an emotion, a frequency of guilt or shame, and it has that heavy resonance, then there is also a corresponding physiological reaction, right? I would encourage people to go back and listen to the episodes I did on chakra healing and inner child healing. I'm going to give an example here. I've noticed that guilt and shame likes to hold itself around that sexual, sensual, womb, creative center, both in the female body and in the male body. So a couple of dots here. If you have experienced childhood trauma and let's say it's sexual, let's say it's physical, let's say it's verbal, it could be any of them. And you created a story around it that also created a repressed emotion of guilt or shame. I would ask you, are you also having physiological challenges in that sacral womb center, right? Do you suffer from SIBO and, and small intestinal bacterial overgrowth? Do you suffer infertility challenges? Do you have PCOS? Do you have sexual dysfunction? I'm not saying that these are the only components that lead to these challenges. What I am saying is that they need to be part of the conversation. And it sounds like, Sandy, the work that you do around happiness really brings this in. Does this resonate at all? Oh, 100%. And now, I don't know if you noticed, I've been sitting here smiling. Well, you've been smiling because, the whole time, my friend. I know, but, but, I, been... but it was just like, <laughs> it was just interesting because I had experienced a lot of infertility yeah. issues. And right around the time when I had literally had finished up my therapy, I was done with it at the same time, because being a figure competitive figure skater, I had lower back issues and my chiropractor said, I can't help you anymore. You need to go to, you need deep, deep muscle, deep tissue massages within months of these massages and what she was doing. Cause I had done a lot of the emotional work on it, but physically she was doing a lot of deep tissue massage around the, um, I'm going to forget the name of the muscle. Most massage therapists will not touch this. So the psoas. Thank you. Thank you. The psoas muscle. Most massage therapists will not come near that because it's so close to your, your private parts. Right. So most massage therapists will not do that. Every session she would work on that psoas muscle. It's very painful, but there was so much was released. I was told I would never have children without Mm. doing like IVF. Eight months after sessions with her, 
I was miraculously pregnant with my son. Yep. And he's so almost beautiful. He'll be 22 in September. I had a total of five pregnancies and my one, my one boy. So there's, there's, there's a lot of truth to that. And you, so it's the physical part that, that tension that needed to be released, but it was also the emotional components because I did have some childhood abuse as well. I'm not going to say what kind, but there was multiple childhood abuse in my past. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Sandy, thank you for sharing that. And it's one thing for me to like uh, intellectually sort of break it all down. It's a whole <laughs> other thing to have a beautiful, powerful uh, example of it. Thank you for sharing that. And uh, yeah, you're I mean, welcome. It, it's one of the it's one of the reasons I love this show. I'm and, pouring water into my cup so you don't have to see me uh, <laughs> drink out of my massive water bottle here. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. What I wanted just to add to that, Sandy, have you have you read the book The Body Keeps Score? By Mr. Bezel van der Kolk. Ooh, so I have read hundreds and hundreds of books, but there's so many out there. I mean, so this one, I would, what is it called? The Body Keeps Score by Mr. Ah. Bezel van der Kolk. So it hits other way. The reason I suggest it is exactly talks about what you just highlighted in your journey, right? And what we've been saying here between this happiness and emotional connection between the physiological expression of our body, right? There's, yeah. there's, you know, Sandy highlighted it and I highlighted it, but I just want to hit this home. There's no disconnect here. And a happiness and emotional conversation is a physical conversation too, right? Just so people really get this point. Sandy, I want to, well, it's almost already been an hour. This has gone super quick. I've I really noticed enjoyed... that a couple of minutes ago and I don't have my reading glasses on. I'm like, does that say 5.15? Uh, yeah. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, oh my so gosh. <laughs> I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation, Sandy. It's, you know, you're a beautiful being. And I, I my heart told me that this would be a, a wonderful chat, but yeah, it, we've been showing the example of it. So I want to hit on a few more things here before we have to run. And I want to sort of, bring all this together now. So we've okay. talked, we've talked a lot about, you know, the, the mental, the mental challenges, the trauma challenges, the physical challenges we've brought in the spiritual lens. If someone is looking to get started, right. And they, they realize they fit into one of the boxes that we've outlined here today, when they come and see you, right. And you've talked about this a little bit already. It's, you know, changing the mindset, changing the perspectives. Mm-hmm. Where do we go from there? Right. Where's what are the, some of the other steps we can take, right? So maybe that mindset shift is the first step. Where do we go from there? So when people come to see you, what does that look like? So when I talk about mindset shifts, there's a lot of little things that go into it. Um, it's not, and, and in my book, I actually have a workbook in the back of it that has exercises to walk, walk them through the, through it. And I highly recommend that you do it every day for 30 days because you want to create a habit out of this. So, you know, feel the feelings. We talked about that. You've got to feel those feelings. Once you have this, you know, you're like, okay, I I want to make a shift here. Forgiveness is extremely important and relevant in every single situation. You have to forgive the other person if there's another person involved or forgive yourself. It's highly, highly critical because if you have any sort of bitterness towards another person, you're not, you can't be happy. You may think you're happy, but you're, if you're holding on to bitterness and grudges, you're not happy. Happiness and bitterness cannot exist at the same time. You know, so the forgiveness is a huge, huge component. Happy that you added this in. This was on my talking points, but I overlooked it and it needed to okay. be talked about. It needed to be talked about this forgiveness. When I talk about that, it's just part of my deal. Yeah. So you've got the forgiveness. Um, next is at some point you have to, you have to reach a point of acceptance and accept. And you mentioned that earlier and it's not just accepting, but I believe that with acceptance, you also have trust. You have to fully trust that things are going to work out exactly as they're supposed to without expectations. And that's the thing. So often we trust, but there's always little strings attached. If there's any sort of strings attached, you are not trusting it. So to trust is to fully give your will over with no expectations whatsoever. At some point thereafter, 
I believe is when gratitude comes in. Because I mentioned earlier, you can't just gratitude it away, mm. which, which you can do. I mean, you can be feeling angry and start focusing on gratitude and you're going to, you're going to elevate, you're going to get, get yourself out of it. You have to deal with that first, mm. then if, if, forgive, accept, trust. And um, I was reintroduced. I went to Hawaii in March, end of March. And I was reintroduced to this ancient Hawaiian healing practice that I had mm. first Hanapana. learned about in 2006. Ho'oponopono. Yes. Ho'oponopono prayer. That says it all right there. Yeah. I love you. You're telling spirit creator, I love you. Please forgive me. You know, I'm sorry. Hmm. And thank you. The thank you is the very last part because that's when you're expressing the gratitude. gratitude. Yeah. I feel like we could do another episode, my friend, just on all those steps that you just talked about there, but those it's wonderful. It's, it's practical, it's mystical, it's loving, and it really connects us into. So a couple of things bubbled up for me as you were sharing, first of all, not only does the gratitude at the end really, you know, tightly tie a bow on all of it. We, we need to remember that gratitude is also an attractive energy right? Mm, we yeah. are, we've been talking about today, we are frequency, we are energy, we are, you know, many of these energetic expressions. And when we get, get into an attitude of gratitude, we attract more of the same, right? So yes. as you've beautifully highlighted, say, this is not a linear sort of destinational thing. When you get, when you follow those steps, you're probably going to have to do them again and again and again. Just rinse and repeat, rinse yeah. and repeat. <laughs> but when you end those steps with the gratitude, you're attracting more of the people, more of the places, more of the circumstances that are conducive for you to continue doing these steps, right? You're instead of you're shifting out of again the victim into this expansive open being that is on this healing journey for life, right? And now it becomes a day-to-day -day lifestyle rather than just one thing that you did with that coach in Hawaii last summer. Right. Now it's part of you, right? Sandy, I think this happiness conversation went to so many different realms that I didn't expect, but I'm happy that you brought all this together and you're such a beautiful light in this world. And I'm happy that we met and got to spend some time together. If people want to connect to you and want to start tuning into more of what you do in this world, I know you have a book that you referenced. I know you are a coach and you also have your own podcast. So I would love for you to now express these elements that you want to share with my listeners and, and show them some other ways they can go deeper with you. Absolutely. So you can connect with me on Instagram or Facebook at coach Sandy Scarlata um, on Instagram, on my link tree. And I think in my Facebook page, my link tree is in there too. You can get a free, free digital copy of my book. Um, what's the, what's the name of the book? So my book is called Happiness Solved, Climbing 100 Steps. For those that are watching, there's Love the cover. That. It's also behind me. Um, you can also get that on Amazon in both the hardcover, softcover, um, audio and Kindle version. Um, let's see. So, yes, yeah, so that's my book. I have a, my third book is coming out. I'm, I was hoping to get the cover copy of the cover today. I'm a co-author with 19 other authors, authors in the change series by Jim Britt mm -hmm. and Jim Lutz. Mm -hmm. Jim Britt was actually Tony Robbins coach for the first five years of his career. And the version that I will have on my website, I will be on the cover with Les Brown, which Ooh, is kind of cool. Congratulations. So I have a chapter in that called happiness solved, change your perspective, change your life. So I have that, that chapter there. My podcast is happiness solved. <laughs> Is there a theme here or what? Right. Noticing, I'm noticing a theme. Noticing, noticing a, theme. a theme. And I just noticed this last week that it was number 11 out of the top 80 happiness podcasts. It's now number 10. So I am in the top 10 of the top 80 happiness podcasts. That's beautiful. Speaking yeah. of attraction, right. And attracting more yeah. of what you deserve. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, if you, reach out to me, Sandy at sandyscarlotta.com. Just go to sandyscarlotta.com up on the upper right-hand corner. There's a button to click to schedule a free call with me. So 
Absolutely. As, al- as always, beautiful listeners, if uh, you go to your podcast player, you click on details of this episode, you'll see all those links and all those connections to Sandy. If you want to reach out to her, read her book, do her coaching, or listen to her beautiful podcast. Sandy, where I end this episode is with one very interesting question. And we spoke about the map of consciousness before, and we talked about these frequencies of emotions. And one of the highest emotions and frequencies we can connect into is the one of love. And this podcast sets the intention and the foundation of really changing the conversation around what love actually is. I believe love is not just not just one of those high frequency emotions, but it is also a very mystical foundation of what we actually are. So I'm wondering, Sandy, how do you define that love word personally? The love? How do I define love? Oh, you know, well, it's very, it, love is different for everybody. And we all experience different ways. The love that I have for my son is like, there's no other love like it. And I don't even want to say there's any, I don't believe that there's anything as unconditional because if you say it's unconditional, then there's a conditions applied to it. <laughs> right. Somebody, I heard somebody say that. I was like, oh, my lights just went off. I heard somebody say that. And I'm like, that makes so much sense. Right. So the love I have for my son is one that it's both scary and it's the most amazing feeling I've ever felt in my life. Right. The love I have for my husband, he's my second husband. Like he's the love of my life. I never thought in a million years I would ever experience that. Now I take care of my mother who's 81 years old. And I'm so grateful that I am able to take care of her and that I have my mother to take care of, right? The love is so different for, for everything. And nobody, I have to say, you, you kind of stopped me here because nobody's really asked me to define love. It's just something that when I'm thinking about my son or my husband or my mother, it's just my heart center is so warm and fuzzy. And I can just, it's almost like, feels like this violent, I always see, you know, when I close my eyes, I see this violent light just swirling around my entire body and like engulfing my entire body. Mm-hmm. So that's because I'm a very visual person and I see things. Um, and that's how I write. Like I, I write what I see kind of thing. Um And so, yeah, it's just kind of like this just amazing feeling of just violet energy and just, yeah. I love it, Sandy. And you said it yourself, everyone has their own beautifully unique expression of what that love is for them. And that's why I asked the question because it always comes up so uniquely. And I would encourage you, Sandy, just to give you a tiny bit of coaching here. (laughs) tune into that violet visualization that you were just talking about. I I actually feel as you were explaining that I'm a visual person too. And uh, something was very, it was deeply moving in me when you were explaining that image. So I think for you as the beautiful individual that you are, I think there's even more of a depth you could go into with that violet energy, because Mm. like I said, love isn't just a, in a relationship element, it is something deep inside of us that has many different forms. So yeah. I'm excited in our next chat, Sandy, how that expression has expanded within you. Yeah. Sandy, I love you very much. Thank mm, you for spending time you too, with me Thank today. You. You're welcome. You're welcome. Beautiful souls out there in the listening world. Thank you for giving us your ears. Thank you for giving us your heart and your energy. Uh, please tune in next time here on the cosmic love antenna with your weekly episodic episode. But until then, We wish you a wonderful evening, morning, afternoon, wherever you are in the world. And we love you unconditionally. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Cosmic Love Antenna podcast. We hope you enjoyed. Be sure to follow Harrison on Instagram, Twitter, and Clubhouse at Harrison Ma. That's Harrison, M-E-A-G-H-E-R. Hey guys, it's Miriam Love here. 
and I want to share something very special with you. Check out my new release, All In, the Spanish remixes, out now on Electric House Records. And always remember, be love, share love, all love. Available now wherever you listen to music. Hey, it's Tim from 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys, the comedy podcast you had no idea you needed. Join Ben, Jeff, and me as we continue our musical road trip back through the years and around the globe. See, just when you thought all white guys were like Joe Rogan, you come across three educators trying to remember when we were cool. 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys. Electric Acid. Electric acid.